Hello, this is Dan Munner, and this is the Montesano School District Podcast. This is part two of our three-part series talking about athletics. Feel free to subscribe in order to stay up to date with the goings-on around the district. We'll be holding brief interviews with staff, students, and community members to discuss topics that may be of interest. Today, we are going to be continuing our conversation with Athletic Director Tim Trimble. All right, Tim, thanks for being back on the podcast, and we will continue our conversation with all things athletic. Let's talk about the RPI system, which is a relatively new system, and it's been implemented in basketball, and it's going to be moved out. Actually, it was used in football this year and is going to continue to expand. Talk about how that uh, came about and what it's meant to schools in terms of playoffs. Well, I guess it all started... uh it probably started three, four or more years ago when we would get these uh, horrible uh, matchups in the first early rounds of state playoffs. It used to be a uh, blind draw based on districts and all that stuff. And so what might happen is uh, you might get probably the, by general consensus, the number one and number two team ranked, they might meet in the first round. And as everybody would say, well, that was the state championship game. So they wanted to try to avoid that. And I should back up. Um, the WIA is, um, is a, a school and student-based organization, and they are funded by most, mostly by attendance at state events. And they have to make money. And so consequently, uh, once uh, basketball started to lose money, uh, people stopped coming to events or because they maybe thought the games weren't as good or whatever. They had to do something. And as you recall, much to much angst, uh, they abolished this 16-team tournament that everybody had come to love. And uh, But they loved it, but they didn't attend. <laughs> so um, they thought that this might do something to generate some enthusiasm. So they put together this RPI. In basketball, it's... It's the percentages are, are um, or as they like to say, the algorithm is your one loss percentage, your opponent's one loss percentage, and your opponent's opponent's lot one loss percentage. And so that's put together into a formula, and the schools are ranked. And in basketball, uh, if you're in the uh, top eight and have qualified for the state tournament, um, then you kind of receive a, a little bit of a bonus. So, you, you know, you're not going to play that number two team right away. You're going to go match up with number 16 and so forth, or to some degree. Um, if you're 9 through 16 in basketball, you, you have to play kind of a play-in game, and then you get to go to Yakima if you win that. And if you recall, that's what happened to Monsanto last year with the boys. They were able to win that game and, were, and went to Yakima. Top eight, then continue. Now, in football, a little bit different. Uh, they did not use RPI so much, but they put together a committee of people, supposedly uh, old coaches, old athletic directors, current athletic directors, current coaches. So old is the key word there? <laughs> well, we don't want to use that word in a negative <laughs> I was, term. I was going to say experience. They didn't ask you. <laughs> More experience. Um, but they put those guys together uh, 
and then they seeded the teams rather than used an RPI. And they may have used RPI behind closed doors, but we never saw that. And so all they did was say, okay, well, we think uh, Montesano in this case was we were ranked uh, number eight. Thus, we played the number nine team, Mount Mount Baker. my opinion was that the seating was correct. That it was, I mean, even in the 1As, we had a little bit of a, everybody believed Royal was the best team when they got beat. And that's what happens in a, in a tournament. It, that's why we play. But it did work out for the most part across the classifications right. that it was, a, it was a one versus a three or a one versus two. Somewhere in that top four, it worked that way, out that way with the exception of 1A, which I believe was a 10-7 matchup. Correct. Um, but I still would agree with you. I would say that it, that it worked out fine. We got in that 8-9 game where we hosted the game and ended up losing. But that's one of those you know, evenly matched matchups that somebody has to be the home team, and it just turned out that way. Well, you know, the equation would be, let's compare it to the NCAA basketball tournament. It's seated similarly, and where you're playing a 1 versus 16 in each bracket. You know, it, it's going to happen. They did make some adjustments. There's only one criteria that they followed, and that was league schools didn't meet in the first round. Now, for so for example, Elmo is, is in our league. They were also in the playoffs. We wouldn't have played Elmo or Hoquim in the first round, but we could have easily have met them in the second round had it, we both won games. So is this system going to move on to other sports besides basketball and football? Um well, that will be up for debate. Um, I There's been a lot of consideration in soccer. Uh, they have to gain some uh, momentum that way. Um, if, I think you will see it move into every sport. Um, volleyball is a little unique because they play a lot of games in one day rather than just one game per day. And so they can kind of make some adjustments with that. I think you'll see it in baseball. You'll see it in softball. You already see it in individual sports because they already know, you know, it's not too hard to figure out if you've thrown the ball, you know, thrown the shot or putted the shot 50 feet and the other guy has thrown it 55. It's easy to compare. But uh, I think you'll see it move through the other sports. I don't know that you'll see the RPI with all the algorithm and all that stuff in other sports so seriously. So since it is basketball season and we're – just underway, a couple games in. Let's talk about the basketball RPI. How does that affect the way that coaches or athletic directors try to schedule games? Well, what I did was try to get the best possible games for our kids to play in. Um, we only have eight league games, so that gives us 12 non-league games to go find some opponents that we believe are going to make our RPI as, as high as possible. Um, so we've gone to great lengths to find quality opponents, but at the same time, we want to win. So we want somebody that's going to give us a good game, make us better, and give us the opportunity to advance in the RPI. It, I don't believe it does us any good to go find somebody and beat them 40 to nothing or 40 to 10. That doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the 10 and it doesn't help the 40. So I w- we want competitive games with quality opponents. So, but with that, you don't necessarily have to go 20 and 0 to have a, a higher RPI ranking, depending on who you play and how well they do. I mean, you could lose 
four or five games, and and theoretically you could end up in the top eight of the RPI. Well, right, correct, and it, theoretically you'd want to beat a lot of teams that were nineteen and one with the, their loss being to you. Um, so if you could somehow get through those games, really tough games, and win them, that is uh, going to be a benefit. I would have to go back and look, but I believe there were teams in the top eight last year that had five and six and seven losses. Well, and you look at where we ended up with the boys basketball team last year, and you know a couple of years ago the girls were in that top eight situation where they didn't necessarily have to win. Last year with the boys and the girls, we were outside of that that spot. I think the boys were 14, mm-hmm. um, had to go play a, a team that had a lower RPI and it, it worked out. So right. it's still, you got to play the game and you, you got to, you know, do your best, but, uh, it does even the playing field, so to speak. Again, I think from my perspective, if, if I'm the number one ranked team in the state and everybody believes that we're the best and I end up having to play the number two team um, on in in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, it runs. It doesn't make the state tournament playoffs better. You want that the Rainier Beach Garfield game to be the final game if that's the best game that's out there. Um, like I say, we're we're at fault. Uh, we caused this mess uh, that seating because we can t- we can manipulate the seating a little bit at our league and district level. You know, maybe flip a coin for number three and four rather than play it. That that causes issues. So you shouldn't do that. But we do it for ease and travel and money and all those things. So what about out of state games? Does what impact does that have on the RPI? Um, well, they use a, a system um, in max preps, and those games are counted. Um, although you don't get the opponents' opponents. Uh, average. So, for example, our boys are headed down to Seaside. They're going to play Seaside, two-time defending state champions. That was a good scheduling deal. Um, so, <laughs> can't take credit for that one, though, can you? So, um, th- you know, Seaside continues to do well. Their record will be reflected in our RPI, but not Seaside's opponents. Um, we could go on and on and talk yeah. about the the uh, merits of the 16-team tournament mm-hmm. in many people's eyes. Um just briefly, you know, back not that long ago, it was an eight-team tournament, and it was a regional setup to get to that tournament, and it worked pretty well. Then it switched to the 16. It did give more schools a chance to participate. Uh, the problem has been, I think, in my opinion, when they went back to the eight-team tournament, the regional portion of that, it took a couple years for them to get that figured out. Now with the RPI system, that regional if we'll call it a regional system, I think some people would argue that state has has gotten to the point where it makes sense and it's a pretty clear path that you can look at. Okay, here's what we have to do in order to get to, to Yakima in our case. Well, I, I would agree with all that. Um, there's a lot of factors. If I'm the WIA executive board, I'm going to look at things like you, how can you expect to make money if you're going to have to rent the Tacoma Dome at nine o'clock in the morning and there's 50 people there? You can't, you have to make money. You have to, it has to be a financially stable tournament. And we see the improvement in regionals because if we go to WF West or Centralia or Chehalis and play, our people will be there. But if we have to go to Spokane, we're not going to bring as many. It's just a fact of life. 
Okay, well, thanks again, Tim, for being here. And uh, I think that we will probably have one more episode because there's a couple other things I want to talk to you about. But we will save that for part three of this discussion. Bye.